Avengers, you have to incorporate this debt system where, like, your character, whatever you want him to do, he's working off some sort of debt, at least in the Edge of the Empire, which is the first part of the trilogy of RPG-related RPGs. Right. So you have to have this debt system in place. So you can't make characters on on the day you want to play. Like, I don't think it's possible because to have, like, a good experience, it seems like you need to give those characters to the DM so that he can think a little bit on how to incorporate the debts. Like, the like, backstories. It's not just... Yeah, the backstories... Yeah. Well, see, I, I do it with D&D as well. Whenever I'm... Yeah, they have chosen me to be the DM, I guess, because I, I do like to get into it. I, I do yeah. dumb voices You need somebody who's more passionate to be a DM. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I like to do the role-playing. I do dumb voices and, you know, use different, you know, languages and bullshit like that. And, um, you know, I, I think the guys really enjoy that. But uh, when I... I want my guys to create their own backstory, you know, and we had a lot of fun whenever, even whenever I was playing as a character, you know, I played a cleric who was originally, you know, a, he grew up in a monastery kind of deal and he, he was kind of an orphan, but then he found out, you know, one day he found out his, his church was actually sacrificing people of the village into like this evil god and i fled and they they were chasing after me and that's when i ran into our group of heroes and you know that way our dm could play into that saying you know one day we could be traveling and all of a sudden oh shit the guys from my church are here they're trying to get me you know and yeah it's, it's, it's stuff like that that um it's up to the dm and i mean i'm not trying to rag on your dm any but throwing a bunch of people into combat right off the bat <laughs> I mean, it's just how you want to DM. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what, how he normally DMs, but he, you know, he didn't say this is how a normal thing plays out. He's like, I just wanted to you guys to see the, you know, the way that the battles play out. And then later on, he's like, we'd incorporate more story. Because, right. like, we weren't even using our own characters or anything like that. Oh, he brought his own characters. Like, there was no, there was no need for story in this because there was no back story because mm -hmm. th we were not invested in this scenario at all so like i don't fault him for the amount of combat but that's basically all it was it might have he didn't do it like a to be continued or anything like that it was nope. just it was just yeah. a one shot because three of the five of us had never done any rpg ever before right okay well but like even just like because i've read through the starter game for the star wars one and that seems also a lot more uh, a lot more story driven okay. or like basically it's like half of that story takes place in a bar and it's how your characters try and get the certain information that they need right. and less about just like beating up on bad guys so I, I don't know how it's going to play out and you know whether we pick one or the other and whether we have more fun with one or the other may come down to who had a DM style that fits more with what our group likes more than the actual game we were even playing right I'm trying to schedule that. I just today sent out a bunch of texts to see if we can get those guys back together one day before before I'm out. Right here. Hmm. Also, I wouldn't mind getting my stuff back, which is all the Star Wars stuff. <laughs> oh, so that's yours. Yeah, I remember you picked that up. Yeah, I picked it up, and then I gave it to John, the guy who DM'd the Pathfinder session. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever came of it. We finally got together for Pathfinder, and he's like, you know what, I'll give it to my other buddy, Ed. And he's going to be the one that takes the reins for the Star Wars thing because he's also like hyper passionate about stuff, and he's uh he's a guy actually he 
he rotated in the lab I worked in in Northwestern. Okay. And so I Facebook friended him, and I'm just like scrolling through his page. I'm like, I wonder who this Ed guy is. And I saw a couple references to magic, so I brought it up in lab, and he got like paranoid. He's like, How'd you know I play magic? <laughs> He's like, What? Did you overhear me talking to somebody? I'm like, No, I just saw it on Facebook. He's like, Oh, nice. Do you play? And then like we like hit it off because like he didn't know that anyone else knew that he played magic. Why? Why is people and, uh, afraid to know that you play a card game? To each other, it's not a big deal, but there's a whole lot of politicking in graduate school. And like, if you're, if it, if, it, if it's like common, like maybe some people don't care, but some people think that it's childish, and like may think, oh, he's clearly not ready to be a doctor if he plays silly card games. That's so because, yeah, I mean, it's it's another thing where I think you know, once our generation grows up more, it, you know, it's less and less relevant. It's it's just that the people who are into that like old world academic research are very very rigid thinkers. Right. Because for the longest time, I mean, if you didn't go into grad school saying I want to be just like you and I want to run my own lab at a university, that was the, the only path that was basically acceptable. If you said I want to work for a company and make money, they'd say, well, you're not really interested in science, so you must not be that good at science. It's just a, it's a very rigid system that they had in place, and it's changing, but slowly, I think. Yeah. So, what was your character? Uh, we just used some of the pre-generated ones, and I ended up with the warrior. Human warrior. Yeah, I think human warrior. Okay. Well, cool. What? I mean, he starts you at level one, or? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that that was relevant. I mean, you can do some more interesting things at higher levels. Like if I was just going to do a one-off kind of deal, just like a fast encounter, just all this, on this episode, you know, kind of deal. Yeah. Um, I would have started off at probably at least level five or six. Have you at least seasoned? Yeah, yeah but you I have mean, a lot this, more this, abilities. This starter package, and I, I think all the starter packages generally are level one. Okay. I mean, like this was actually a box that looked like a board game. Right. That had like a fold-out board in it, and it had little tokens for our characters and so it's kind of like the red box of Pathfinder yeah gotcha. yeah pretty much exactly but not like the red box more like the Star Wars one where you've got four characters and it's not like a choose your own adventure I don't I didn't get any farther in the red box to know if there's a normal adventure or if it's just the choose your own adventure there's the choose your own adventure and then after you've created your character you go into a small dungeon okay this was basically just like we encountered a merchant, and he had just been robbed by goblins. Do we want to go after those goblins, or go on to the city that we were headed to? And you guys all chose to go to the goblins? Yeah, well, basically, he said, well, you know, it's a bunch of heroes, so they would probably go after the goblins. So I'm like, uh, alright, I guess we're going after the goblins. Is that what the DM said? Yeah, I mean, we were all, it was kind of collaborative. We were right. all just like, I, I don't know. I mean, play. That's the thing. They, what options do we have? <laughs> that's that's the biggest thing for me, is especially with the people I play with, is that you got to use your imagination. Now, I have I have one guy, my old roommate Alan. You know, you know him. Mm-hmm. He has this wild imagination and wants to do all these crazy things, and uh, while the other guys are more reserved. And I, I want people to be like Alan, but not be like Alan at the same time. I want them to use their imagination, but Alan does dumb shit. He wants to be a chaotic evil guy. 
Yeah. You know, and just be like, one day I'm going to screw over everybody in the party and ha ha. And I'm like, you're going to, they're either going to kill you and you're going to be out of the game or you're going to kill some of them and piss them off. I was like, yeah. at least play along with the fucking shit, but you can make your own decisions. Yeah. You know? There's, I mean, we were following this thing though, where there was all like, if we didn't go into that cave, then there was no like that, like there was no adventure. Right. For this short like intro thing, if we didn't get to that cave to hunt the goblins, there was nothing to do. Yeah. So yes, yeah, uh, I I usually don't go by things. Now I, I there is one uh, part of a campaign that uh, my friend wants me to go through, and he gave me the book to it, uh, and I will go by that. But most of the time, I just make up my own shit. So like, um, one of the first things that they did was they were all in a tavern and a planeswalker like planes walked into their plane and is now stuck there and he's trying to get back and he has to tap mana from all these different regions and you have to follow him and lead him around because there's other uh path not pathfinders other planeswalkers coming after him and you gotta yeah. you gotta fight them off and they can summon dudes and stuff like that and i thought I was like, you know, I'm just you know, just flying by the seat of my pants, you know. And if they want to change it up, it's like, I don't want to do this. I want to go over here. Well, it's all right, fuck it, go over there. And then I just, I have to have a contingency plan for whenever somebody wants to deviate. Yeah. So, eh, it's fun. I I, I do enjoy it. So, I, I'm glad it wasn't a, a complete bust for you. No, I mean, I like the basic, like, I got to experience it. It just made me wonder what else, you know, what what more can be done with it. A shit ton. Yeah. A ton. But it's really all dependent on the DM. But anyway. Hey, everybody. I've been recording this because I thought it was juicy gossip. <laughs> uh, Welcome to Phoenix Down. Episode 28.0. We're going to be covering Super Mario RPG. Uh, not... Not Different kind and, of RPG. Yeah, not Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but yeah, it's me and Matt today. We're uh, we're gonna fly solo for this game. And you know, like we do with every new episode or new series, I should say, um, we always talk about our history with the game. For those of you who don't know, uh, Super Mario RPG came out in 1996 for the Super Nintendo. Uh, I want to say it was one of the last big profile games before, yeah, before the, the 64. Yeah, before the 64 came out. Um, developed by Square. That was that was kind of a big deal back then um, because you know the king of RPGs were creating a Nintendo game with Mario in it. So you know you combine Final Fantasy with Super Mario, and holy shit, everybody goes nuts over it um i do i have played this game before um i think it was in like 97 so i was probably about 12 or yeah i was 12 i think or 13 i can't remember um this is one of those games where i associate it with something else so like matt i know you associate jade empire with you living on a floor Yep. And I associate Lost with those Dorito chili Doritos. Oh, those are good. I associate Super Mario RPG with the first time I ever experienced a migraine. <laughs> um, well, it looks like we got a fun game in store then, huh? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was the <laughs> game that did it. 
Um, I don't know if I was sick that day or something like that. I rented this game, you know, back whenever renting games was an option. Um, yeah, it is again not with Redbox. I've this, rented a few games. This is true, but uh, in the traditional sense of like going to Blockbuster. Yep. Yeah. And um, I used to do that all the time as a kid. We had a place called Zappers. 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 That's where mm-hmm. I rented a bunch of games for the Genesis. Gotcha. And so I remember renting this game for the weekend and started it up and was really enjoying it. I mean, it was probably the first RPG. I always say Final Fantasy VII was the first RPG that I played that I remember. I I understood what was going on because you know I played yeah sure I played Final Fantasy six or three back in the day, uh, but I hell I, did, I was a kid I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know? Yeah, well, so far this seems like a game that a five-year-old can understand. So if you, yeah. if you played it, you should have been able to figure out what's going on. But I, m- I remember this was the first one of the first RPGs that I remember playing that that I actually understood what was going on as far as the role-playing elements go. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. I did play through it. I don't know if I did it in like a full weekend kind of deal. The, the the video store that I had was very small, and there's not a lot of people that lived in my hometown. So my save was still there. I think I rented it like two weekends in a row, and nobody had played it or rented it. <laughs> so I just I think I beat it in like two rentals. But honestly, that was 1997. I don't remember a single thing from this, except that I, I remember Bowser who is always the main villain of Mario, he joins Mario's party <laughs> at one time. But, um, yeah, that's my history with it. Matt, what about you? Yeah, I mean, this is another game that I really don't have any history with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 1996, I was, not, I was not a man of money. You know, I'm not <laughs> buying multiple systems here. Um, so, you know, I, w- I went pretty much straight from Genesis to PlayStation, and I had friends who had Super Nintendo, so I was able to play games here and there on the system. Right. I, the guy that, you know, he was my cousin, tech, you know, sort of, um, cousin in the, you know, the country sense where he's a, like a friend of the family and he's somewhat related somehow. Right. Um, and he had a Super Nintendo, and I spent a lot of time... At his place, playing Super Nintendo. But I was basically at the whim of what games he owned. Right. And so some of my favorite games are not necessarily good games, just ones that he had that I got to play a lot. Mm-hmm. Like Biker Mice from Mars. Biker Mice from Mars. Weird cartoon, awesome, awesome Super Nintendo game. Really? Yeah. It's a competitive racing combat game. Okay. Even though there's one OP character... Because his attack is also a speed up. Okay. So, you know, basically he's getting around the board faster and knocking you out. So, basically, nobody's allowed to use the gray mouse on the speed up bike. I don't remember any of their names, but oh. everyone else is fair game. That's what I was going to ask. I was like, do you remember what his name was? No. Oh. So, but go ahead. He never had this game, so I never played this game. I knew it existed. Um, at the time, I just remember thinking, oh, that's kind of a weird idea. But this was long before I ever played RPGs, so I was like, oh, you're going to take Mario and make it boring. That sounds awful. 
I the the thing that grabbed me the most about it was I, I've always been a Mario fan. You know, I was I was big into the Mario games. Um, but the thing that grabbed me the most was actually the box cover, because it looked kind of like claymation. Yeah. And I was like, huh, this looks interesting. And I picked it up. I was like, it's Mario. And so I um I got it and um yeah that's rest is history. But I, I honestly really don't remember anything from this game. Bits and pieces here and there I do remember, but so yeah, Mario yeah, RPG. This will, yeah, this will be my complete first experience, so I'm looking forward to seeing. Well, you were the one that chose this one, so yeah. Um. Which I don't think you chose a bad game. I think this is a very good game. It's very, it's very old school, but very simplistic at the same time. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of the old school games are up that difficulty ramp where they're real fun to play for an hour, but it's unlikely that I'm going to beat them. Right. Even games that I loved, like Maximum Carnage, on the Genesis, spent hundreds of hours of my life playing that. I never beat it, <laughs> and I don't think I ever can or will beat it. Yeah. But this doesn't really seem like that type of old school game. You know, it just seems like an RPG, and most of these RPGs I think can be beaten as long as you can grind a bit. Yeah. This is most certainly a beatable. Um, and since it's Mario, I kind of figured it was for kids, for babies, you know. <laughs> Not really, but, you know, I figured it would be easier than some other RPGs might be. Well, yeah, I mean, this, this game kind of spawned the Paper Mario series. Which I'm yep. I'm a huge fan of the Paper Mario series too, and um, yeah. uh, th- those are very simplistic role playing games. But they they have that. They, it's one of the first few RPGs I remember playing where you could hit extra buttons to do extra stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, like hit hit B and you know you'll hit twice or something like that. You know, and um, I I know Final Fantasy VIII did that with the whole summoning. Uh, spells and stuff like that, but um, it it added a, a little flavor to the whole thing. It was more than just a role playing game. Yeah, to me, basically, this seems like the Blue Dragon for the Super Nintendo, because to me, Blue Dragon was meant to be that game that was held up. Like this is, you know, as basic and iconic an RPG as we can create for the 360. You know, we've got all these famous. Producers and you know art, artists and music composers, and we're going to mash them together, and this is going to be like the defining RPG of the 360. And this, to me, I mean, maybe it's just my misconception. I'm thinking here's a Square game and Mario. Yeah. So I mean, this to me would be like if you point to RPGs on the Super Nintendo, and I don't even, you know, I, I again, I didn't own a Super Nintendo until recently, and I never played RPGs, so I have no idea even the whole spectrum of RPGs available in the Super Nintendo. But if someone were to make a list of, maybe not the best, but the most iconic, like the defining RPGs, I would think this one would be on it, again, because of the fact that it's Mario and Square. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to see this as like an older version of Blue Dragon. Okay. You know, some analogs there in my mind. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I was thinking when I when I chose it. Yeah, um, I think Blue Dragon is a little more complex um, just because, um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will be happy to move away from a train track. <laughs> yeah, um, 
so yeah, um, it is it is uh, slightly more simplistic, but um, so yeah, Super Mario RPG story is classic Mario. Uh, I can't remember. Is her name still Princess Toadstool in this, or did they finally change her name to Peach? Toadstool and or Peach. That's a good question. I don't know. I think it's still Princess the Princess Toadstool. But anyway, she gets kidnapped by Bowser once again. They did they they they, they do call him Bowser in this because I remember when they changed his name from King Koopa to Bowser. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's definitely Bowser. Yeah. Um, but um, he uh, he kidnaps her. Mario, just like he always does, goes after him, goes to Bowser's keep to uh, rescue her. And that's the beginning of the game is um, he makes it to Bowser, and the first fight you do is against Bowser. Yeah, so like a little prologue. Yeah. And um, this is where you start realizing there's a little more to this game, slightly, because the first thing you need to do is not attack Bowser straight up. You need to attack the chandelier he's standing on. So they I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, they change it up a little bit. This is whenever this I, I, I may be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is one of the first ones where you choose depending on what you attack and stuff like that in combat itself. It changes up the way the game will play. Um, I could be completely wrong. Can you just attack him until he's dead? I don't think so. No, you have to attack the chandelier. Because, yeah. yeah, if he's going to be your party member later on, I wouldn't imagine this is the type of game where you can just kill him off in the first scene. Well, nobody really dies in a Mario game. That's fair. So, um, they just are defeated. I don't, th- <laughs> I don't think anybody dies in a friggin'... Yeah, nobody dies in a in a Nintendo game. For the most part. Well, worst thing first. that happens is you get knocked out. Yeah, yeah. Or Metroid, I think people die in it. Yeah, there's actually dead bodies in Metroid. So, but anyway, um, uh, just you know, intro introduction, real easy. Hit the chandelier, they go falling. Um, I know you mentioned the whole defying gravity. Yeah, it's really weird because Mario just hops from the ground up onto the chandelier. Yeah, and I've you know. I hop with Mario in quite a few different Mario games, and he's never hopping 400 feet up into the air. Because then once you break the chandeliers, they're falling for like eight minutes. Yeah. And then Mario jumps on top of Bowser's head while he's falling, and then jumps back onto another chandelier. Yeah, all the way back up to where you started, to where the chain is. Yeah. Um, at that so, point... <laughs> I don't know, a little, little goofy. But at that point, something bad happens. There's, there's a big kind of like earthquake, and something crashes into Bowser's castle, and it sends Mario flying away. Um, and he lands back at his house, pipe house, and um, he doesn't know what the hell's going on. Uh, Toad is there. And he's like, I didn't know you'd be back so soon. And then he's like, Mario can't talk in this game, so he has to pantomime everything. Yeah, including apparently he's so good that he can look like yeah, the he people can, he's imitating. He can shape shift into the people <laughs> he's imitating. Um, 
but he he's like i gotta go back and get the princess something crazy happened at the castle and it sent me flying back here so we have to go back to the castle he goes back to the castle and notices there is a gigantic sword stabbed straight through the castle yeah like the sword's like twice as long as the castle is high it's crazy it's a giant sword that has a face and it talks to him and tells him to get lost and he removes the bridge going from the land to the castle. Mario retreats back. He doesn't know where Princess Toadstool is. He doesn't know where Bowser is. And so we don't know what the hell's going on. So he goes back to his house. Toad's still there. And he's like, I don't you know. We don't know what the hell to do. And Toad's like, okay, well, let's go to the Mushroom Kingdom and go talk to the king. So that's where we're headed off to. And the first section is, uh, God, it's not, what's it called? Mushroom Way? It, no, that's Bandit's Way, isn't it? Uh, well, Bandit's Way, I think, is after we talk to the king. But is the other one Mushroom Way? Yeah. Okay. But we go there, and that's where we first get our first introductions of combat, um, I gotta say, I was pleasantly surprised by this first part of actual gameplay. Why is that? Maybe I'm just a sucker. I like the whole, I like the isometric view of it. Uh huh. And maybe it looks a little better than it should because it's being emulated. So maybe some of the filters are making it look better. Right. But I was just playing it. I'm like, yeah, this is nice. And it is it, kind of weird for me because it was. You know, and nostalgia is kind of an idea and a word that gets thrown around too much, but it kind of like made me nostalgic for these games because of the way it's like all the Mario sound effects and Mario music and I'm walking Mario, I'm still like jumping around. I like the, like you mentioned before, the the sort of interactive turn-based combat, Mm -hmm. I think is cool. And also, when you're not in combat, I really like the, uh, you know, the, the platforming. Yeah, and that—that's the kind of thing that I do like more in RPGs to kind of mix in some of these other elements to make it, I guess, less traditional, but I would say more interactive. And I, I like that even in Xenogears, even though it was real hard to control right. because of like because of the isometric view. Um, and this one, you know, there's still some weirdness with the way you're facing, like when you jump on the flowers that rotate. Yeah, and then you can like f- jump off of those at certain angles. And some of those are a little wonky, I thought, so far, but overall, I, I think it's really cool how you get to do other things other than just walk around these little maps. Right. But um, in this area, we're fighting mainly just Goombas and, um, was it paratroopers? Yeah. <laughs> are they? Yeah, they're in there. Are the Koopa Troopas? I can't remember. What Sky Troopa? I think the I par- the paratroopers are the ones that have wings, and the Koopa Troopas are the walking ones, the green shells. Okay. Okay. Um, I should know this because I've played practically every fucking Mario Maker game you can imagine, but um, mainly just fighting those, and then we're constantly having to rescue Toad because he'll run off ahead of us, and then you'll see him like get cornered by somebody. And uh, when we make it to the end of this, we run into. The Hammer Brothers. And uh, this is our first boss fight. Um, pretty pretty easy to beat. 
Yeah. Um, not only can you hit a button while you're attacking to hit do extra damage, you can also hit a button to block and and not take as much damage whenever an enemy's attacking you. And so yeah. it's a lot. I guess of... it also works with the magic. Yes, it also works with magic. Okay, I don't think I ever got it to work with the magic because I never saw any I different think... little I... animations. But I don't I don't know if the magic has different animations or if it's just oh you just do more damage. Oh okay. I could be because I was like wrong. it's also harder to time because when he's just like swinging a fist or a hammer it's easier to figure out when to do it. Yeah. But since it's a much, much longer animation with the magic, I you know I'm like I don't know if I'm getting it or if I'm not getting it because I don't know when to do it. Yeah. So. But um, so Mario actually Mario starts off with just a regular attack and he also has a jump where he can jump on enemies' heads. Um, but after defeating the Hammer Brothers, which you don't even have to really talk about this fight because it was so easy. Yeah. Um, you just hit him a few more times than you do the Goombas. Exactly. Um, uh, he finds one of the Hammer Brothers' hammers, and um, that's our first equipable weapon. Give that to Mario, and uh, now he does. A, he packs a little bit more of a punch. Then move on to the Mushroom Kingdom. Go into the Mushroom Kingdom, and the first thing we start hearing is that um, there's some dude walking around stealing shit from people. <laughs> Um, they don't know wh- where he is at the current moment, but he's he's running around just just stealing people's wallets and stuff, and really just pissing people off. That's our first little village yeah. where we can you know buy items and stuff. Yeah, I'm buying items so like a mushroom will uh, restore hit points. Uh, another interesting thing I should mention about the combat and the, and the combat, um, I guess the the way they handle magic and magic points. You have flowers. Um, but each character doesn't have their own flower pool. The whole party uses the flowers. Oh, okay. Do you understand that? Yeah, that would explain why I thought I had enough a bunch of times. I'm like, oh, apparently I don't. Yeah. Um, because if you notice, whenever you use a, uh, the honey, was it? Honey, honey syrup. Honey syrup, um, which restores your flower points. Um, you can't choose who to use it on because that's when I figured it out. Because I was like, "All right, Mario, I want to use the fireball, but Mario's out of flowers." And so I had Malo, which I'll get to in a minute. I had him use a honey uh, syrup, but it wouldn't let me choose Mario to use it on. Are you sure? Because I could have swore that I was also confused why I couldn't use it on Mario as Malo. Uh huh. But I thought, I I just decided, I'm like, alright, I guess you can only use this on the character who's trying to use it. Well, see, here's the thing. I used it on Mallow, but then Mario had flowers then. Which is why I say, I'm pretty sure it's a pool that all the party members go by. Okay. Yeah, I thought each person had their own pool. They just couldn't give the syrup to someone else. So, so when you're using the syrup, you're basically just refilling your pool. Okay. I think that's how it works. I'm still a little confused on it. So if anybody out there listening can light, enlighten me a little bit, or I could look at a wiki, I'm sure that yeah. will... I mean, I just haven't... It. I figure I'll know within a couple hours more of playing it. I just yeah. haven't spent as much time with it yet. So, um... Anyway, we, we're going into the town. Um, we're supposed to go meet with the king. Well, there's a guy running around. He's stealing shit. 
um, there's a few things that you can do. So, like, w- one of the, the secret things that you can do uh, to find things is, is like, um, getting flower pots, which basically increases your maximum flowers, which is why, that's why I was like, that's another reason why, because I would use those, and it would only, it would go to, like, just, here's your flowers. Even though I have two characters, it wouldn't let me say, well, increase Mario's flowers, or increase Milo's flowers. Mm. So I'm like this. It's got to be just a pool that they're they're pulling from. So, uh, but yeah, you can walk around town, talk to different people, and stuff like that. And um, eventually, we had to just go into the castle, talk to the, the 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 king there, and tell him about what happened to Princess Toadstool. And um, that's you know we do another pantomime of oh the bridge went out and we don't know what the hell to do and there's this gigantic sword. So he's he's kind of freaking out, and he's like, I don't know what to do now. And um, he's he basically just says, you have my support. Yeah, this was the part where I thought there was going to be more. Like, all right, it's time to start your quest. You need to do this, this, and this to get back into the castle. Uh huh. And then all of a sudden we're off, and I'm like, I'm not sure exactly why we're doing what we're doing here. Well, he, we went to the king, and he didn't really give us much exposition. He just basically said, all right, well, go to the treasure room. We got some treasures for you and shit, uh, and good luck. But when we find out what we need to do to advance the story, at least, is when we leave the castle. Right. So when we leave and the castle, we-, um, we get this crocodile running around with a top hat. <laughs> um, and he is running away from... This marshmallow-looking guy. <laughs> yep. That's the only thing I can describe it. Um, like a junior Stay Puft. There you go. That's perfect. And uh, he's trying to catch him. He's saying he stole his wallet. And um, so uh, he gets... I like a, how he cries about it, and then it starts raining. Yeah. So that's one of the big secrets with Malo. So that's Malo. Malo. Maybe Malo. Um... He is able to control the weather. Um, he, in fact, if you notice in combat, he can actually separate his torso from his lower part. Like when he, you know, uses lightning bolt or something like that. Uh, it's weird. I actually thought he didn't have a lower part. And uh-huh. he just wore, like, the pants just floated there. Sort of like Rayman. <laughs> right. Now he, um, he kind of just sits into his pants. So, um, but he's, he starts crying because he can't catch the guy who has his wallet and he has, uh, a frog coin that he needs to use to buy something at the store for his grandfather. So when he starts crying, it starts pouring down rain. Uh, and then you, as Mario, you walk up to him and, and calm him down. He stops crying. The rain stops. And, um, you and him agree to go after that crocodile guy and get his coin back. After that, we go to Bandit's Way. Going after the the bandit. And this is, I guess this was the first big area where you have to do a little bit of puzzle solving. It's not much. Just a little platform puzzling. You You have to go to certain little, jump on little 
flowers that can shoot you up onto tops of platforms and go a certain way. I like that, how you, you jump on that little yellow platform and then the other one rotates around it. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. And there's a question mark block that you can hit and you get a uh, star and you just you just fall down and just kill everything running around. Yeah. This game's a lot more Mario than I thought it was going to be. Right. You know, if you're saying it's Mario and RPG, I thought it was going to be a lot more basic RPG uh-huh. with not as much Mario-ness to yeah. it. This is uh, It's got a lot of Mario in it. The thing is, I don't know if me killing... It would be nice if me killing all those guys while I was using star power would uh, would give me if experience. Yeah. So, but uh, it's a good way to clear out a bunch of dudes if you don't want to deal with them. Um, but yeah, that, that's another thing I should mention. The mechanics in this game, um, a lot like Blue Dragon in that sense where... There are no random encounters. You just run into the enemy on the on while you're walking around, and then you go into battle. Which is another thing I really like in RPGs. Yeah. Let me choose when I want to fight. <laughs> but yeah, um, eventually we get to the part where we have to corner. Is it Croco? Is that his name? Croco. Croco. Yeah. Um, he he keeps running around and hiding in bushes, and you have to sneak up behind him. And um, you have to sneak up behind him three times. And after that, he's like, screw it, I'm going to fight you guys. Well, he gets cornered, right? Because Mallow like, runs out to the other side. Yeah. Why didn't he do that to begin with? Mm. Yeah. Oh. But it's anyway. It's pudgy. It's slow. So here's our first battle. Our first actual boss fight. Did you have any problem with this? I didn't have any trouble with it, but I thought it took a long time. I it, was like, this yeah. guy's never going to die. Yeah, this guy has a lot of hit points. Um, and I got close to Mario falling, but then I just, I, you know, Milo is going to be my magic user and healer. That's what I've chose him to be. Yeah, I don't have him leaning towards either one, offense or defense, because he's my only option, so... And I don't know if I have, if I have the ability to ever specialize him, but right now he's you know, just basic. I use him for attack and for the HP storm or whatever he has. Yeah, the HP rain. HP rain, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he can heal guys with his hit point rain, and he can also use a lightning bolt, which damages everybody. It hits everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I like that. At this point, I think I was probably about level four. Um, I yeah, should... I think so. I... I think I was about four. Talking about some more of the mechanics, um, every time you level up, um, every, the, the, char- the character's basic stats go up, but then you also can choose either bringing up their special attack and special defense. Yeah, you get a little bonus. Yeah, bringing up their hit points or bringing up their attack power. And that's how I'm kind of specializing my characters. At the current moment, I've got Malo. I'm bringing up his special attack and special defense, while Mario, I'm giving him just straight, he's going to be a brawler. He's going to be straight up hit dudes with a fucking hammer. Yeah, that's what I've been doing, although I've been alternating. So I'm doing the same specializations, but every other level, well, I'm doing the HP up in the middle. Okay. So for Mallow, I'm going like magic up and then HP up and then magic up. Just, I don't, I don't know if that's worth it. But right. I feel like right now I'll take the extra ability to absorb a couple hits. Yeah. The um, but there is something in this battle that um, I I know that the 
the fact look because I looked at the fact after afterwards, um, and I noticed it whenever I was playing too. Uh, Mario's fireball. So he he learns a fireball spell that um, you you initiate all of your spells using the same button. So like if you want to hit attack, you hit the you hit you choose it in the menu. You keep hitting that same button. That's one of the things I can't get used to because I'm used to a button being confirm. Yeah, select or confirm. Yeah, yeah. and uh, um, hit the button to to use special attacks like um, magic attacks is why so whenever he gears up to do his his fireball attack uh, his says hit Y repeatedly so I'm just hitting Y Y Y Y Y like that and each time you hit Y fireballs hit um, and with the battle with Croco um, you can set his tail on fire and he's kind of stunned for a turn hmm. I don't think I ever did that yeah um, and it only works with fireball or fire-based magic. But yeah, I got him, took him out. He gives the frog coin back, leaves, and um, or you know he retreats, gets away, whatever. And so Milo's like, "All right, let's go back to town. I need to buy something for my grandfather, and then we can go over to my house, my my yeah. my place." You also get like a wallet. Yes, you get a wallet. And I have no Which I idea. was like, these are weird things to be getting. The hammer, I understand, is a weapon. I'm like, what do I do with a wallet? Yeah. Uh, and you can't equip it or anything like that. So, um, I don't know. Maybe later on. I can't remember. I actually, it, it already, you know, it's not a long-term item. It just comes back into play, like, when we head back to Mushroom Kingdom. Oh, right. Because you just give it back to somebody else. He's like, oh, you know, I found this wallet. He's like, oh, I lost my wallet. Thank you. Here's an item that gives you more flowers. Yeah. I forgot about that. But um, when we go back into town, all hell is broke loose. Um, it's the shy guys on pogo sticks. <laughs> it's it's hard to explain. But uh, they they are running amok in the town, and it, you know they're they're trapping everybody and scaring them and. Uh, you just run into them and fight them. Uh, they're very. Do they have a name? Do these enemies have a name? They do. It's like it's something to do with shy, because they're shy guys. I just don't know what the name is. Mm. It might be sh- shy go or some bullshit. Like I don't know. They try to do play on words. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, shy guys are running around. You know, you can save a bunch of guys, and you'll they'll give you stuff. You know, like uh. The, the the reviving medicine this what is it called pick me up I think it's what it's called yeah um, or they'll they'll give you the stuff that increases your maximum flowers stuff like that um, but eventually we go into the castle the castle slap full of them and uh, you know saving a bunch of guys there there's a save point thank Christ because I <laughs> man save points are very few and far between in this game it seems like yep and um, I will mention because I, like I've said it before, but I'm emulating this on my play on, on my PlayStation on my PC, and um, the emulation is not the best in the world. Yeah, especially in this scene. Have, I mean, this this whole area is yeah, real slow. It's slow down, bad. But um, have you had any problems in the menus? 
I, I did have one problem once. I have had this game freeze on me so many times in the menus. Uh, yeah, that happened to me once. Um, I was going through a little tutorial where Toad was teaching me how to equip the, the mallet. Right. Didn't even really need it, but I figured I'd let him talk. And, uh, yeah, it just froze in the middle. I couldn't select anything. Yeah, that was the same with me. And I've had to redo multiple things multiple times. Mm. It really got on my nerves. So anytime I see a save point, I save there. Even though I come to town to buy something, I will save twice. <laughs> because I don't want to do all this shit over again. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a major slowdown whenever we're running through this castle. Uh, but eventually we go into the throne room. There's the big boss is there. Um, I don't even know how to explain what this guy is. I thought he looked like a little sword. He does look like a little like, sword. Which, that, which made me think that he was like a minion of the big sword. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is. But um, he, he... He, but he also jumps around. I don't know. Maybe that's what swords do in the Mario universe is that they jump around. Maybe it's just been hanging out with these pogo stick guys too long. Maybe. Um, but this guy's name is Mac. And um, he's like... Uh, apparently these guys never... Everybody in this world has heard of Super Mario except yeah. for the main bad guys. None of them know who the hell he is. And they're like, who is this guy? You know, and we get into a fight. You know, I, I, this was the first area where I was kind of smiling, and I'm like, this game is actually kind of funny, too. I mean, not it's not there's not much writing in the game. Yeah. So there's not much story, so there's not a lot of chance to be funny. But I yeah, I thought those little pogo guys were kind of funny. What them? What they are for the few, few lines that they have. Yeah, they get scared real easy. Yeah. They know who Mario is. Everybody knows Mario's can jump really high. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they but talk about. Like when they're talking about him, they like, look at him, he's not even bouncing. <laughs> like he he can't be that intimidating, he doesn't even bounce. He didn't know how to bounce. <laughs> and then you jump on their heads and they're like, What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I I, I enjoyed I mean the, yeah, it's, it's the, the dorky banter. Yeah, it's it's a little go- goofy, you know, it's 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 got a little bit of charm to it. So we get into the fight with Mac. Uh, he has four Pogo Shy Guys with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are easily dispersed with one lightning bolt. Um, uh, I kind of uh, see it was taking me two, I guess, because I didn't level up my purely my magic. Well, see, I, I did a little bit of grinding, not much though. I was probably about level six whenever I took on Mac. Okay, yeah, I think I was a five. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, I, uh, would use lightning bolt with Milo, um, with Mario at level six, he gets quite possibly the best fucking attack ever. That's the super jump. And the super jump is all about timing because it's like a regular jump, but every time you land, if you hit the button right whenever he lands, he just keeps jumping. <laughs> and I pulled it off. I swear to God, I, I jumped on Max fucking head at least ten times. I did like 150 damage to him. Whoa. Yeah. Because I was just like, yeah, man. That's how Mario does it. <laughs> so, 
but I kept jumping on his head. I mean, th- this fight was was supposed to be a lot harder than what it was, <laughs> but I just put I just somehow just like got in the zone for that super jump. Just kept hitting it, hit hit it, hit it, hit it. I was like, oh shit, this is gonna hurt. And then whenever he, he dropped off because I fucked up, it's 152 damage or something like that. And I was like, that's how you do it right there. Yeah, I hadn't done anywhere near that level of grinding, nor was I level 6. So right. I was just doing the basic double hammer hits. Right. Which those are not bad either. Yeah, I mean, so far it seems like they do pretty much as much as anything else does. Yeah. The regular jump or the, the fireball attack. So, um, which I did read in the fact, I kind of cheated with this boss because I, I, I think I, I vaguely remember as a kid, this guy was like, why am I dying here? You know, this is like a, two hours into the game and I'm dying already. Um, so I remember looking at the fact and it said fireball is not really good against him. Yeah. He must have fire resistance or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, um, he was easy for me because I got that I got that super jump down. Yeah, I mean he was easy. It took me a little while. At one point he jumped away. Yeah. And I had to fight his little four pogo minions by themselves. And then when I killed them, he came back and yeah. I just finished him off. It wasn't hard, but again, it took a little while. Maybe I should spend some time grinding. Yeah, it, it, I don't think the grinding is really necessary in this game. I, I can't really remember. Uh, I'd say on your first run through a dungeon, try to at least fight everybody. Yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing. Um, or at least ninety percent of them. Yeah. A couple. Yeah. So, um, beat Mac. Uh, does he? He just disappears. He run away. Um, I think he I, actually dies. <laughs> yeah, I think he dies because I think then the star comes down in his place. Yeah, so we get the first of how many stars? It's in the title. Yeah, I'll never guess how many I need. <laughs> yeah, um, we don't really don't know what this star is. You know, we just get one, and um, we're like, okay, well, maybe we'll figure it out whenever we we go to Milo's place. Yeah, and they kind of make a point of that too. Like the narrator comes in. Yeah. Like, what it is says, yeah? What is he this star? If there's you know a, a correlation between the star and the the boss, the talking sword. Yeah. Find that on the next exciting episode of Super Mario RPG. <laughs> um. So um. We. Everybody thanks us. Oh man, that was close. You know, and all that crap. And the king's back there hiding in the corner. <laughs> yeah, the king. Yeah, shaking. Everybody shakes in this game whenever they're scared. But uh, we um we save everybody there. Um, Milo's like maybe my dad or my grandfather knows what to do with the star thing. So we go. He says we need to go home, not to my home, Tadpole Pond. So that's where we go to next. Now before that, we stop by the store and use Milo's um, frog coin to buy a cricket pie. Uh, Seems like something a tadpole would like. Yeah, or frog. Um, his, his grandfather is a frog. He frog. he he even says he's a frog. Yeah. Um, weird looking frog. <laughs> so we uh, we leave and we uh, we head out to uh, what is the name? It's like it, the, the Kiro or Caro sewers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kiro. K E R O. 
K-E-R-O. Kyrio sewers? Cairo sewers? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we go to the sewers because we got to make it through there to get to Tadpole Pond. When we make it to the sewers, Milo's like, hey, uh, it's kind of scary down there, and there's rumors that there's a, uh, a giant creature named Balome. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Bellum. Either way. Yeah, I was kind of going with Bellum also, but so, I was not expecting it to look like what it did. <laughs> but there's a there's a big creature that, that they say will eat you in these sewers, just so you know. So, no big deal. We're Mario. So we go down into the sewers, going through pipes, like classic Mario. And uh, this one... I didn't have to look at a fact, but I did have to sit back and say, where the fuck am I supposed to go? Yeah, I did that too. <laughs> I'm like, I thought I went in all the stupid pipes. Yeah. There was one pipe. I noticed it because there was one rat that wasn't moving. And I was like, why is this rat not moving? So I went over there and fought him. And I was like, oh, there's a pipe down below there. How stupid of yeah, me. Yeah, there's also that, like, the ledge that that rat is on is super narrow. I'm like, oh, it's almost like not quite a secret passage, but it's not like in the middle like everything else is. Yeah. Multiple steps wide. It's just like one single step. So we, uh, here in the sewers, so there's, there's, mul- there's like at least five or six screens in the sewers. Uh, you're going through pipes that take you off to another screen. Um, but what you, what we all notice and what we know we're going to have to do is, is that in the sewers, you can swim in the water. And there's a pipe under the water that you can see, but you can't get to it because the water's high. So, obviously, we're going to have to drain this water somehow and then go down that pipe. And um, so, we got to find a way to drain the water. Well, that one pipe that we couldn't find for the longest time, that was where the, the switch was. Yeah, which I've, I kind of laughed. I'm like... Trying to imagine, because, you know, that that's obviously the first thing I think. I'm like, all right, clearly I can't dive in this water, so I need to empty the water. I'm like, I wonder if they're going to show, like, some gears in the background, like maybe, like, a gate opening and the water rushing out. Nope, it's a giant green button on the floor. Yeah. Just a giant button, like you might find on a spaceship. Instead, it's in the sewers. <laughs> what you like, might that's kind of funny, just a button that you jump on. What you might find in a Mario game. <laughs> Because there, there's it, yeah. it's a green it's it's a green button with an exclamation point. Those are in Mario games. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones that change the empty the, blocks, right? Yeah, yeah, blocks. So um, yeah, hit that button, drains the water. We go on down. Now I will mention there's a few things that we encounter in here. The rats, I don't really know. They may be trying to mimic the rats enemy from uh, Mario Brothers 2. I may be completely wrong. He was more of a boss character. Um, but they kind of look like that a little bit. They're not wearing sunglasses, though. <laughs> there are those, like, dingo things that are wearing sunglasses. Yeah, that's true. And then um, we run into... Sh- I guess. I thought maybe my I thought maybe my game was messing up, though. <laughs> sunglasses were, like, blinking, black and white. Yeah. The um, and there's also a uh, booze in there, as well as um, other creatures that I have never seen before in a Mario game, like just phantoms and shit like that. 
So this was supposed to be like a scary area where ghosts and stuff hang out. Yeah, you know, I think it's, it's, so far, you know, I, I'm enjoying the game quite a bit. But I think if I had been even more steeped in Mario Brothers lore and played all the games from start to finish, I think an enjoyable part of this game would just be seeing the characters transition all the different enemy types transition into this different type of game. Yeah. Because, I mean, even on, like, the where you're running around, if you look at the boos, they disappear. Yeah. And they only come after you whenever you turn around and not look at them. So, yeah, it's kind of neat, because I'm like, I remember these guys. Yeah. So, uh, we eventually go down the pipe that we needed to, and we run into none other than Balome. What is this thing? This is... It looks like a giant dog with four eyes. Yeah. And a big tongue. And since he's vaguely white and red... Yeah. I was thinking that it was like Okami. Just really, really fat. Okay. Yeah, it's a fat dog. Like Okami's fat uncle or something. Yeah. It's, uh... uh isn't it Amaterasu? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we have to fight him. He can talk, too. Uh, he says he's going to eat people. Um, Milo comments on how yeah, big... he does. On how big his tongue is. It looks like a fire hose, is what he says. And, uh, we get into yep. the fight with him. Uh. I thought this was kind of an annoying fight. I didn't die, but I was kind of annoyed that he was eating one character and turning the other one into a scarecrow. Yeah. Um, luckily, he turned Mario into a scarecrow for me. Luckily, you can still use your magic abilities, and I was just I was shooting fireballs at him constantly um, with Mario. Um, Malo was kind of like the healer, uh, and also the item user. Every time Mario would run out of flowers, I did the super jump on him too. Kind of sucked at that one. Hit him maybe <laughs> twice. <laughs> so. Um, it was annoying. He did eat Malo, and I was like, ah, Mario's good, you know. At this point, I think I'm like level 8, 7 or 8, somewhere around there. And so I was like, ah, I got this in the bag. It was annoying because it took a long time. That's that's the thing I think is, yeah. I think that's going to be the biggest thing for this game, is that the boss fights are going to take a long time. They may not be difficult, yeah. they're just going to be long and I think that's the, that's the main reason I would want to grind is not necessarily because I feel like I'm in danger of losing, but maybe just to speed those fights up a little bit. Right. So we uh, defeat him finally, and uh, we're we're supposed to continue going, but he's before he before he dies or disappears or fades away, whatever. He's like, you'll never escape, and. We don't know what he means by that. And then all of a sudden, oh no, water's rushing through the sewers. Now hurry, hit the button. And he didn't hit the button in time, and we got washed away. And then we go down the Midas River, which is this giant waterfall. And is completely different from any other part of this game. Where you basically yeah. you have to navigate down a waterfall. And I mean, it's not like you're walking around... You were, it's like a mini game. Yeah, yeah, that's basically all it is. Two parts in a row are just mini games. Yeah, you you go down, you have to control which way you're gonna fall down the the waterfall, 
um, and you can slightly swim upwards to collect coins and frog coins and just keep falling down the river. And then the second part of it is Mario is walk, running on barrels in the river and you collect coins. He's, they said something about traps uh, right before I started this part, you uh-huh. know, where I'm headed down the waterfall. I, I did the little tutorial where they explained how to do it. Right. And he said something like, "There's some traps, but I won't. I won't talk about those. I'll let you, you know, see for yourself if you encounter them." Right. I didn't see any. I didn't. I ran into something and went into a cave. Oh. And it shot me out of a separate part of the river, where I could collect more frog coins. I think. Okay. So. Yeah. Sometimes going into those traps, you you may lose your coins that you've collected, but you may be able to collect frog coins. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a risk-reward kind of deal. Um, and you can redo that as much as you want. You know, it, it, In fact, it's kind of like a mini-game where if you collect this many coins, we'll give you frog coins in exchange. So, How many did you get? Do you remember? Oh, shit, like 50. Yeah. Somewhere around there. You were running on a barrel, and if you ram into a barrel, you go into the second lane. So you, you kind of have to, like, judge it correctly. And it kept saying, oh, look out for the fish. There was only one fish that I jumped over. Oh, I had a ton of fish. Oh, really? <laughs> Seven or eight, at least. I had only one, and it was at the very end. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, that's so many fish. And then we make it to the end of the river, and we're at... The Tadpole Pond. Uh, did you go into Tadpole Pond? Or did you just stop there? Uh, no, I pretty much stopped at the beginning, yeah. Okay. Then we'll just we'll just stop right there. I didn't go through that part, but um, there is a few revelations that happen here that um, we will talk about on the next episode. Um, we, we find out what exactly those stars are. Oh, good. Because at this point... In the game, I'm like, all right, as a player, I know I'm on a quest here to get these seven stars because I have one, and that's the way games work. But in the game, I'm like, I don't really know. I mean, at this point, all you're doing is helping out Mellow. Yeah. And you're not really doing anything to get back into the castle, which is kind of weird since you would think that would be your absolute top priority right now. Uh-huh. Um looks like we're kind of taking the long way back to the castle. You know, just going through a whole big circle. But it's not like there's a bridge on the other side that didn't fall into the ocean, right? This is true. I mean, there's no back door that we're trying to go all the way across the country to get to. Uh, Maybe there is. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, maybe there is. So, um, but yeah, uh, we get a little more exposition. Not much from Milo's uh, grandfather. And... um, he he explains who the villain is, and um, he also uh, talks a little bit more about Malo. And um, but yeah, that's the beginning. That's probably what maybe three four hours in. Not even four hours in. Probably three. Yeah, I'd say I'm about three in. Yeah, and especially like the going by the the fact those first couple sections take about two minutes each. Yeah. Which is why I'm looking at this fact and then looking at how long to beat saying it's going to take 12 hours. I don't think that's 12 hours long. I have yeah, a feeling I, I this could will... imagine some of, the, like, some of these areas get progressively larger and larger 
as we go on, right? Yeah, that that does happen. I mean, you're going to run into a forest that you can kind of get lost in. Um, in fact, we're getting close to it, and we'll hit it in the next section. We'll get a new party member, too. Pre-Bowser? Uh, Pre-Bowser. Uh, it's, it's, a party, it's, a, it's a party member. It's a character that's never, I don't think, has ever been in a Mario game. Has Mellow? Uh, no, I don't think so. Is he related to Kirby at all? Because they're about the same shape. Yeah, they look kind of like Kirby. This next one is is guaranteed. Uh, nobody's it has never been in a Mario game. Are these characters in general as annoying as Sonic's friends? You talking about like Malo? Yeah, I mean just all all of the ones in this game that are sort of more iconic than basic enemies. Because eh. Mario has some. I mean Sonic has some annoying friends. We'll see Sonic. All of them talk. Yeah. Um, Mario. No, there's not much dialogue that happens in Mario, to be honest with you. In Mario games, I mean, uh, it, you know, it, even in the other RPGs, like the more modern ones. Yeah, it's you know, like Paper Mario and stuff like that. Nobody really talks. I mean, you you get some talking, you know, as far as story goes, but Mario doesn't really talk. Mario never talks, and the the party members that you do get. I think Paper Mario, you only get one party member, but you can switch them out. So it's only two two party members per battle. Oh, okay. Um, but in this one, we have three, I believe, if I remember correctly. But um, and yeah. we have we get a lot of characters, and we can have three at a time. Yeah, yeah we only have three at a time. But oh, there's we, only three total. But we, yeah, there's no there's you know, you don't have three in your party at a time, but there's Mario, Marlo, Bowser, Bowser. I mean, well, I'll just go ahead. It's not a spoiler. Mario, Bowser, Gino, uh, Gino. Um, Peach. From Italy? <laughs> Mario and Gino? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Gino is a possessed puppet. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds creepy. It, it's, it's a little weird. But Gino, if I remember correctly, Gino is one of the most powerful fucking characters in the game. He has a, I think he has an ability that like, uh, can p- potentially do nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine damage. Damn. Yeah, I think it's called the Geno World. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. Now, is this the kind of game that is there any chance that this game has those type of hooks in it, where after you beat the game, you can keep exploring the world and try to level up and stuff, or is this more like once you've beat it, it's done? Uh, maybe. I, I'm pretty sure there's a good amount of like secret side stuff, but hell, man, I, I can't really remember. You know, like I always go back to Final Fantasy VII and like breeding the chocobos and all the the ruby weapon and an emerald weapon. Yeah, like that stuff that I never did during the game. Right. Um. Maybe I can't remember, dude. We'll have to go through the fact and look through it more. Hmm. But um, yeah. I think that's all the characters. It's Mario, Bowser, Princess Toadstool, Milo, and Gino. I think that's there's only five. I think. So. Um, but yeah. That's it for us as far as the um, 
going through more of the game. We'll, we'll continue on with that. And uh, come back when we get, we got to figure out exactly where to stop next. Um, I know we did get an email. I want to bring that up. I had to bring up my Gmail account here. But if you'd like to send me an email, uh, it is drew at ztgd.com. Uh, we will read it on the show. You can suggest games to us as well as talk about Super Mario RPG if you'd like. Uh, give us some strategies. Uh, let's I'm liking this game so far. Yeah? You know, just as my first my first taste of it. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of quaint and charming aesthetically. Uh, I really like that it smooths out a lot of the things that I didn't like about RPGs. So, like, you get to do a little bit of platforming. Um, it's a little more fun because you get to do the timing-based things in battle. I like that there's no random encounters with enemies. Yeah. It's it's a unique title, for the, to say the least. It's one that seems very inoffensive to me. Like, there's nothing about this game so far that I don't like. Right. Not that I not that I'm saying that I love it, but there's nothing that I like stands out as me saying like, oh, I don't like this about it. Let's look up uh, while I'm here. I might as well look at the see if you get any iTunes reviews. I'm, I doubt we do, but let's see here. No, we do not. But we do have an email. Uh, we got a. Um, Email from Brandon. It says it's Galeon. Uh, pronounced Galeon. It may be Galleon. It's Galleon. I guarantee it's Galleon. Uh, still awesome. Justin is my favorite co-host of the show. <laughs> and your talk about Donnie Darko opened my eyes to everything I missed in the movie. Hands down, awesome movie. Now... Catherine, never mind. <laughs> this email is late. I meant to send this before you recorded this week. I was going to tell you that before you emulate Mario RPG, be sure to research on how to keep the ROM working. All my efforts to play through were halted at star 5. Now I heard online that's uh, playing on a ZSNES 150 version would fix the problem, 1.5, but I haven't tested it out. It's a shame to hear that you'd you'd like to leave it to the professionals oh, whenever we're talking about other co-hosts and stuff like that. I'd love to play Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, and share some insight with you guys. I, I would like to play those games also. I uh, used to host a, a radio show back in the heyday, but I can't say I would have time. Uh, I don't mind listening. Your buddy, Brandon. I do appreciate the email, Brandon. Um, Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. This is not the first time somebody has suggested those games to us. Yep. I want to do Cross. I own it, and I've never played it before. I'll be honest with you, I've played Chrono Trigger at least three times. Mm. Um, and the most recent one was on the DS probably about four or five years ago. Um, but I would like to do Cross. Which what did you pick up in the PSN Flash though? Uh, Dino Crisis Two. Uh huh. And I already had Chrono Cross actually. Okay. If, if that was even available. I don't think it was. Yeah. And then I picked up uh, one other game, one other PS One game. Dragoon. Yep. Legend of Dragoon. Yep. Um, that's another good one we can do. 
In fact, I will go ahead and just say I think Legend of Dragoon is the longest game I've ever played. Oh, awesome. That was, I'm pretty sure that was a four-disc game right there. Wow. And it was, uh, that was a lengthy game, dude. But it was good. I would love uh, yeah, I've heard good things about it. I would love to play uh, a sequel to that game if they ever wanted to make one. Mm-hmm. Um, also picked up Wild Arms one. I played through that a couple of years ago on the PSP. PSP. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a PS1 version, but yeah, that's um. But yeah, I did pick up those two games. Uh, Dragoon. I, I fucking loved that game whenever I was, you know, 15. Yeah, for 99 cents? Yeah. Ridiculous if you don't buy it. Yeah. That's fucking like 80 to 90 hour RPG for a dollar. <laughs> so, that's a, and it's a damn good one too. So, um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think we've already set up pretty much what we're going to do after Mario. Uh, just gotta find, figure out a way to actually, because the game has co-op and it would be nice for all of us to play co-op together. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Um, and I'm not, I'm not gonna say I won't buy Xbox Live again if need be for me to get an, the Xbox 360 version. But if I can find a PS3 version and play it for free, that'd be nice too. So we'll have to iron that out later on. I mean, we still got probably three more episodes of Mario RPG before we even start talking about that. So, but anyway, uh, Brandon, I do appreciate the uh, the email, um, and uh, you can suggest games to us, stuff like that. Like I said, the email is drew at ztgd.com. You can also follow us all on Twitter. I am at dml fury. Matt is at remgs, um, and the show itself is at ztgd phoenix down. Um, I always put the episode up there, um, and I'm always on Twitter. You can always ask me questions there or suggest games to me there as well. Um, other than that, I think that's that's pretty much it. So, yeah, it's a good good start, simple start. Yeah, simple start. Um, d- Got to get back into that that little mindset of this isn't very complicated, you know. Yep. It's not very difficult to get into though. So, um, but I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah. Absolutely. But we will be back. We will be back next week um, to continue up with uh, Super Mario RPG. Uh, see how far we can make it then. Uh, don't exactly know how far we're going to go, but uh, we'll iron that out before the next recording. But anyway, until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we are out of here. Hope you guys have a great week. And we'll be back next week with more. 